we'll get to the question here in a minute, but this verse is always just like struck me. Um, especially when it comes to our day in, day in and day out walk in our Christian journey. And um, Jesus is having this um, discussion with his disciples. And, and in John, John 14, 12, Jesus turns to his disciples and he says this. It says, I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same, the same mighty miracles that I do, even greater miracles than these because I go to be with the Father. So I'll read that verse, and here's the question that comes to my mind. And many of you have asked me this over the last couple of weeks. Why don't we see signs and wonders happening today? It's an authentic question to ask, right? Well, if he's promised us this, that we would see these things. In fact, he's promised us that we would do even greater things than he even did while he was on earth. Why aren't we seeing this now? Because we know we know that God is faithful to every generation. He's faithful to every generation. And God is not slacking concerning his promises. And all of his promises are yes and amen. Like We believe that. We proclaim that. We sing about that. And finally, we know and we can see in Scripture and throughout our own lives that God was faithful to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And here's the deal, y'all. Here's the truth for today. Is that you're today living in those same promises of of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In our New Testament brothers and sisters, you're living in the same promise that he has in the disciples, but the question still remains, why don't we see this promise? We are not, in fact, self-made. No, we are people who are just simply the next in line for a long line of God's faithfulness. So how can we walk in his faithfulness? His faithfulness from the beginning of all creation for the promise that he's given us in, in John 14, where he says, I tell you this timeless truth, the person who follows me in faith, believes in me, and believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I, Jesus, do, even greater miracles, because I go to be with the Father. And here's the, tr- here's the truth this morning. Here's the truth. Here's how we can break this down. Because I know there's some people in this room, there's some people who listen, there's some people who I talk to, on a daily basis, say God doesn't work in that way anymore. But here's the truth. You break this verse down for us. He says, I tell you this timeless truth, which means the promise of signs and wonders are not held by, by time, space, or place. The promise of signs and wonders are not held by time, space, or place. And then the person who follows me in faith, believing in me, means we don't seek the gifts to know God is real, but because we are, con- we are convinced he is real and his word over us is true. We are convinced he is real and his word over us is true. You will do the same mighty miracles that I, Jesus, do, even greater miracles, meaning we can have impact and power to change t- trajectories in the, in the world around us. Here's a tricky one, because I go to be with the Father. Why? Why is it important that he goes to be with the Father? It's because John 16, he tells us, I didn't put this in there, Zane, so don't worry about this. John 16 says he has to go, he has to go so that the Holy Spirit can be sent to empower us. He has to go. 
And when he does empower us, Acts 1.8 says this, but I promise you this is Jesus after his, right before, it, right before his ascension into heaven, right after his resurrection says, but I promise you this, here's another promise, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be seized with power or you'll, 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 you'll gain power and you'll be, uh, be my messengers or witnesses or a witness of in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and the district, uh, distant provinces, even to the remotest places on earth. You will be seized with power, but the question is, are you going to walk in it? Friend, it's time to believe. It's time to believe and to walk in the power you've been given and stop living in complacency. He has so much more for me and so much more for you, but the bottom line is this, especially in American Christianity, is we have lost faith in the power that comes from Christ. And I'm speaking, to me, that's me too. You with me? We have lost faith in the power that he says is ours. But we're not alone in that. That's why I love the disciples so much, because they were just as much idiots as we were, are. You know what I'm saying? So it gives me some hope. All right? And here's the thing. Jesus was up on this mountain. We call it the Mount of Transfiguration with some of his disciples. And they were up there. They got to see God, Christ in his full glory. And it's even like one of them spoke up and was like, what can we do in this moment? And it's like, it's like kind of like Brittany, who, um, who instead of enjoying moments or taking in the moment, she wants to take like 500 pictures. I'm like, can you put the camera down? Can we just enjoy the moment? And a voice from heaven pretty much tells them to sh- sh- shut up and just be. You with me? So that happens, and they start coming back down the mountain, Jesus and these disciples. And... Um, in Mark 9, 14, it says this. Now, when they came down the mountain, the other nine disciples, they, uh, to the other nine disciples, they noticed a large crowd of people gathered around them with religious scholars arguing with them. I'll pause here just a second. I have to say this every time. That's what religious people do. They argue. Right? That's, that's all they want to do is debate and argue. And listen, I'm a, I love debate. I love doctrine and theology. If you ever want to do a debate with me, I would greatly appreciate that. That would be like putting my master's degree to work, you know what I'm saying? Um, so if you disagree with me, let's set up a debate. It's like, it'd be awesome, all right? But religious scholars were arguing with them. The crowd was astonished to see Jesus himself walking toward them, so they immediately ran to welcome him. When what are, and Jesus could care less about the people, all he was worried about is this. What are you arguing about with these religious scholars, he asked them. And a man spoke up out of the crowd. Teacher, he said, I have a son possessed by a demon that makes him mute. I brought him here to you, Jesus, but you weren't here, and all the best I had were your other nine disciples that didn't go up the hill with you. All right? Whenever the, demon, whenever the demon takes control of him, it knocks him down, and he foams at the mouth, and gnashes his teeth, and his body becomes stiff as a board. I brought him to your disciples, hoping they could deliver him, but they were not strong enough. They were not strong enough. And listen to this next part. Jesus said to the crowd, Why are you such a faithless people? Imagine walking with Jesus all this time, and him looking at you and saying, After all this time, why? Are you still lacking faith? And what I've already said is yours. 
How much longer must I remain with you and put up with your unbelief? Now bring the boy to me. Why couldn't they heal this boy? You can answer it. Didn't have enough faith. They lacked the faith in the promise. Now remember, remember in our Mark series, right before this, a little bit before this, Jesus is teaching 5,000 plus people, 5,000 men we know, probably women and children along with that. And they were getting hungry, and what does he do? He, He prays over some bread and some fish, and he breaks it and then puts it in whose hands? The disciples' hands. So they had just forgotten not too long before this, a miracle power flowed through their hands. You with me? Like they were the ones that finished breaking the bread and the fish and handing it out. It multiplied in their hands. In fact, just right before this, on their way over to where they are, they're on the boat, and they're arguing about bread. Surprise. And Jesus pretty much rebukes them and says, have you forgotten the miracle that flowed through your hands just a little bit ago? See, they lacked faith in regards to healing, the healing of this boy, because they had forgotten what their promise was, that you will be endowed with power. They lacked the faith in regards to healing this boy, bottom line. Here's the deal. We lack faith in the miraculous flowing through us because we lack faith in who exists within us and who, who his, what he has promised us. The reason oftentimes that we don't step out in faith is because we don't have faith in the one who said, I'm giving it to you. You with me? What if I say the wrong thing? Well, you, now you're putting all of that on, your, on you. And Scripture promises us that he will bring all things to remembrance. You with me? I'm just using that as an example. We lack faith in the miraculous flowing through us because we lack faith in, in who exists within us and his promise to us. Now the story goes on. It says this. So they brought him, the boy, to Jesus. And as soon as the demon saw him, it threw the boy into convulsions. Because when darkness enters, it gets laid at the feet of light. It trembles. So they brought him to Jesus. And as soon as the demon saw him, it threw the boy into convulsions. He fell to the ground, rolling around and foaming at the mouth. Jesus turned to the father and asked, How long has your son, son been torment, tormented like this? Since childhood, he replied. It tries over and over to kill him by throwing him into the fire into fire or water. But please, if you're able to do something, anything, anything, have compassion on us and help us. I'm going to pause right here just for a second. And notice the word if. If you're able. This man had been struggling with his son for years to the point that he lacked faith to even believe. Like he probably took him to doctors, took him to other religious leaders and just couldn't do anything. It was like, now he's just doing this out of habit. Trying to get his son healed. Watch what happens. Watch Jesus' question. Jesus said to him, what do you mean if... What do you mean if? How many times have we prayed to God and said, God, if you will do this? God, if you can, can you help me in this situation? God, if you can help me with my finances. God, if you can help me with my relationship. 
if you can help me with this, whatever, you name it. You know what you've been praying for. What if we stop, stop using the word if and say, I know you can do this. I think Jesus is looking at some of us in this room who are, he's ready. He's like, we're, we've been limiting ourselves in, in the power that we can have because we're using the word if. If it's your will, God, will you do this? No, 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 no. If it lines up with scripture, it is his will. So we don't have to pray if it's his will. You get what I'm saying? He wishes for none of his children to perish or to suffer. You said to him, what do you mean if? If you are able to believe, all things are possible to the believer. When he heard this, talking about the father, the boy's father cried out with tears saying, I do believe, Lord, but help my little faith. Some translations, I love what some other translations put it. They say, it says, I believe, but help my unbelief. That is the biggest prayer you could ever pray. God, I believe you can do this, but help my unbelief in the meantime. I believe, but help my unbelief. Like in this moment, the Father, the Father is living out Hebrews 11.1 1, that says, now faith brings our hopes into reality. Our, our faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is the evidence required to prove, that, prove what is still unseen. He was believing in something he couldn't see in his flesh. Many of us are searching and dreaming and have visions of things in our lives that we can't see with our naked eye. But we, there's something in us that's saying, you know what, dream bigger. There's something in us that says, your healing's coming. But we're, we, have, we have doubt that creeps in and our faith is light because we can't see it yet. But he knew who he was standing in front of. We know who our Father in Heaven is. We know the power that Christ has given us. And his faith was revived in a moment because he brought it, what was bothering him, and laid it at Christ's feet. And he didn't pick it back up. Many of us, what we'll do, we'll bring it. We may even not use the word if in there. We, went, we might say, God, take care of this situation, but what do we end up doing? We pick, up, pick it back up and carry it around and try to figure out how we're going to fix it. You with me? He left him, his son, at Jesus' feet. He was believing in something he couldn't see in the flesh. He knew he knew he could. He knew he was stand, He knew he knew who he was standing in front of, and his faith was revived. And even Jesus' disciples, who, the ones who had walked with, with with him daily, couldn't believe. But this man laid what he had at the feet of Jesus and said, "It's not in my power, but in yours." And here's the deal: we must never limit God's limit God's power by our lack of vision. We must never limit God's power by our lack of vision. I mean, wasn't it Elijah who told his servant to go tell the king he hears the sound of abundant rain, even though it hadn't rained in years? He goes, I hear the sound of an abundant rain after defeating the prophets of Baal, and it hadn't rained in years. Wasn't it Elisha who told his servant when they were surrounded by their enemy to look again with faith and see, an army, and see an army of heaven surrounding their enemy. Cool story, you should read it in 2 Kings. And when the servant did that, he saw an army surrounding their enemies. 
Faith is about seeing without really seeing. Faith is believing in the promise, not in what exists in front of us. But when we do, when we have faith, revival and breakthrough happen. When we have faith, revival and breakthrough happen. It's like while we sang earlier, I believe revival's in the air. Come, wind, blow. Tide, roll in. It's time to step out and believe. It's time to step out and believe. And here, here's, some, here's some truth. Nothing causes Jesus to move more than someone who cries out for healing. Nothing causes Jesus to move more than someone who cries out with healing. What are you crying out to God for? What are you needing God to move for in your life? Are you truly having faith to believe that? How much more will your Father in Heaven give you His child if you're crying out to Him? We're going to finish the story with this. Mark 9, 25. Now when Jesus saw that the crowd was quickly growing larger, he commanded the demon, saying, Death and mute spirit, I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. The demon shrieked and threw the boy into terrible seizures and finally came out, and it finally came out of him. And as the boy lay there looking like a corpse, Everyone thought he was dead. And I'm going to pause here just for a second. You can be, you can, you can be praying, praying and it just feels like God's not answering you. It feels like whatever you're praying for is dead. Right? There's no point, no point like finish. Fin- like we talked about last week, finish the race. Keep praying. Keep seeking the Father. As a boy lay there looking like a corpse, everyone thought he was dead, but Jesus stooped down gently took his hand and raised him up to his feet. And he stood there completely set free. Christ wants you set free this morning. And it goes on to say in verse 28, Afterwards, when Jesus arrived at the house, his disciples asked him in private, Why couldn't we cast out the demon? Why didn't we see signs and wonders like you see? Here's Jesus' response, and it's the last verse that we're reading. He answered them, This type of powerful spirit can only be cast out by fasting and prayer, which are the two things that build your faith. He was asking his disciples, Why were you lacking faith? Is him saying, when was the last time you prayed and fasted for what you were needing? You want to see God move, you've got to get serious and intentional about your prayer life and fasting. You're like, Derek, well, I don't know if I, can, if I can't eat. Listen, if you're that desperate, you'll do whatever you need to do for a move of God in your life. Many of us are walking around powerless in our, in our faith because we've not prayed 
to God. We've not seek his face. We've halfway believed in how I know that it's because you haven't really prayed about it. You might have been, you might have been saying stuff like, God, I need you, God, if you can, do something about this, and you moved on with your day. But when was the last time you fell on your face seeking God for this darkness that you need to be released, for this healing to happen, for this move of God, and whatever area you need to move, when was the last time you truly just sucked, like just seeked his face? Here's why I've been like, I, and I'm a product of it. And I catch myself, and this is why I hate American Christianity so much. You go anywhere else in the world, and you see people just running after after Christ. But here in America, as soon as something becomes uncomfortable, we stand up and walk away. You know, I can't handle this pressure anymore. I can't handle the weight of this, so I'm just gonna move on somewhere else. What if that very thing that you're running away from is the very thing that God says, if you can just, if you seek me in this, if you seek me in this, if you, if you just push back on the darkness that you're facing, if you, like, you would not believe the outpouring that I will pour on you. Like, what if the story was different here? What if the disciples had remembered what they had just done just a couple chapters before, and when this son, this de- this demon-possessed boy was laid at their feet, what if they remembered and had faith in what, in what Christ had said is theirs, and they were healed. The next thing they know, Jesus come down the hill celebrating, going, look at what my children are doing. Like, how, how, like, what if we stopped walking in fear because we've not been given a spirit of fear. We've been given the, the, the spirit to break strongholds. Remember last week? What if we started walking in that power? What if we started walking in the places that we work and we bind up every evil that's in that place by us just walking in? What if we show up to our kids' sports games and the environment shifts because people who had faith walked in? What if our, our friends and our family who have family who maybe have marriage issues or finances, what if what if we had enough faith for all of them and just said, you know what, God's got this and God's going to take care of it and it's all going to be good. Like, what if we truly started living and believing like that is true? But here's the dilemma. I can't do that for you. Jesus isn't going to do that for you. He, like, it's up to you to build your faith. Because here's the thing. Prayer Prayer has nothing to do. I'll say it like this, because I want to confuse people. Prayer is more about you speaking to God and building your faith than anything else. Listen, He already knows what you're praying for. He already knows about it. He doesn't need to hear it. He doesn't need to hear what you're praying for. He's, he, like, he knows. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm pastor of confession, okay? I don't pray over my meals 99% of the time because I'm like, God, you know I'm thankful because I'm hungry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Which that might be, that might be, I'm not saying don't pray over meals, I'm just saying. That's, that's where I am. But like even me, I'm going, what if me not even doing something as simple as praying over my meal 
That's creeping into me praying, not praying for other things needing in my life. We said at the beginning of this year we want to be a place of presence and we want to be a place of encounter. Right? When have we been praying for that? Like God's done some great stuff here this year. Like I'm like if you would know half the stories, one, you'd probably be freaked out, but two, you just when are we gonna stop seeking to find cures on our own, seeking to do these things on our own power and really start believing in the power that we have from Jesus. What could be different in our lives? That even when we don't see it, we, there's, and everybody says there's no way that it can be done. There's no way you can start that church. You know what's going on with your family right now. You really think you can start a church with, going on with everything going on in your family? So here we are eight years later. I want to do the DX thing to them. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all know what that is. Don't look it up. Or you, you think you can be a pastor with looking like you do? If tattoos engaged ears. Stained glass window, baby. That's what I'm talking about. You've done, you've done all this stuff in your past. You really think God can use you? Oh, this, uh, apparently you don't know all these people in the Bible because they were, they were worse than me. And they're heroes of the faith. Like, what if we stopped with the ifs and God, if you can, or God, I hope you can, and just start believing that he is God take care of what if we started walking by the Spirit as if we had the power that He says that we have? And we can say, mountains move and they move. Demons go from here to there. Sickness has to... Like, what if we really started walking that way? You talk about revival. With me? Talk about revival being in the air. Like it's happening all around us. I'm not just talking about Asbury. I'm talking about if you go... All around the world, you'll see signs and wonders of what God is doing. Because all they have is faith. They don't have anything else. Start believing. Build your faith. Pray about it. Pray and seek His face. And let's just see what God does. Amen. God, thank you so much for giving us the opportunity be here this morning. And God, I pray, because I know it's your will, I pray in this moment, boldness be built up, courage be built up, and power be built up. That we break every stronghold this week because we walk in your power. And whatever it is that we're, that we, that, that, that are, that we're burdened with God that we lay it at your feet and let you do your thing. Trusting you'll take care of it. May this week be a week full of prayer, full of fasting. They're seeking your face. God, there's many things going on in the lives of people in this room, many things going on with us as a church itself, God, that we need you to move in. 
we need you to intercede on our behalf. So do what only you can do. Do something so big that only you can get the credit for on a personal level, on a church level, and on a community level. May from this moment to next Sunday be this full of powerful moments because we've walked by the power of your spirit. So that when we come in here next Sunday that we just celebrate. We dance until our feet fall off because of what you have done. I pray all this in your name. I love you. I love you guys. I mean it. Come back next